It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www. Dot Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria.com or give my man a call 912 268 2328. 912 268 2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage. The Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of it right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Uh, just go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com if you're looking to get a signed copy just go to our website billycboxing.com and click on the book you can't miss it or come on up to me if you see me at a live boxing event i always got them with me so uh, hey if you're going to order it online um make sure uh if if you want it signed make sure through our website you uh write how you want me to sign it for you and i also want to give a special out to a special shout out today to southern gourmet spice uh, it's my favorite, Kenny Bear's Rub. I put it on everything, from Sal's Pizza to my burgers and my chicken and my pork, everything. I put it on this. Get yourself a bottle. Visit southerngourmetspice.com and tell them Billy C sent you. Um, I want to give a shout-out to all of our Facebook Live viewers. We do simulcast on Facebook Live, but they've made an improvement uh, to uh, Facebook Live, and it kind of sucks. Uh, so if you're really getting annoyed by the choppiness of uh, uh, of that feed, just don't forget we have the full-blown feed, the same feed that goes to the TV networks uh, over on our YouTube page. So just go to YouTube.com slash Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, Boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about today. First and foremost, Shannon Briggs. You know, Shannon Briggs uh, was a fighter that I, I was a huge fan of Shannon Briggs, you know, like you know, 15 years ago. Uh, and, you know, he made the comeback. He for, chased Klitschko all around Germany and wherever Klitschko went, trying uh, uh, to get him to fight. And they never did. Uh, and uh, Briggs finally, you know, after beating up a bunch of slugs, they've handed him. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, he was about to get a title shot. And then, surprisingly enough, he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, 
which I don't think came to a shock to anybody uh, because, uh, well, all you had to do was listen to some of his comments or even look at his physique. And I think you would bet uh, a couple of pennies on the fact that he was uh, doing something, you know. Um, well, he's back in the news. Uh, apparently, he uh, uh, must have uh, served his sentence uh, for uh, testing positive. And he's calling out none other than Tyson Fury. My question today is Shannon Briggs against Tyson Fury. Is it a real fight or is it just a WWE circus match? I mean, come on. You know, no disrespect to Tyson Fury. He kind of went off the deep end, too. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't seem to be wrapped too tight. He does seem to be a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Uh, he doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the shed. And Shannon's, Shannon Briggs, he's about the same. Uh, maybe even a less fry in the Happy Meal for Shannon. Would this be a real fight? Does anybody want to see this fight? Is it a WWE match? What the hell you think? Joining me right now uh, from an undisclosed location is my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's your thoughts, Sal? Good morning, Bill. I'll tell you, Billy. Uh, I'm not a fan of Tyson Fury. I'm not a fan of any Fury. Uh, but uh, and, and Shannon Briggs, this is. Uh, hey, I think we are getting WWE. Let's see what happens. You know, uh, that's uh, that's entertainment. <laughs> that's what Jake Lamotta used to say. Hey, that's entertainment. You know, that's uh, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. We'll see. Well, I don't like it. I don't know. No, I I, I definitely don't. I, well. I don't know either. I, I mean, you know something. Maybe it's a battle of the bad, the best of the bad. Well, maybe, maybe this could be for bragging rights to the best of the uh, tarnished uh, um, careers. I don't know. Well, let me read you. Let me read you uh, a, a quote from Shannon Briggs because you know he he sent this official challenge to Tyson Fury, and this is coming after uh, uh, Frank Warren uh, wrote uh, uh, basically was. Uh, uh, put a, a column out that said that he feels that, uh, um, you know, uh, Tyson Fury is being treated uh, unfairly uh, by the powers that be over in the UK. And um, he he accused the, the powers that be in the UK of leaving Tyson Fury's career in limbo. Um, so uh, Shannon Briggs comes back and issues this uh, statement slash challenge and, and one of the things that caught my attention was uh, his quote, and this is Shannon Briggs. He said, I quote, Do you think McGregor and Mayweather, uh, you think the McGregor and Mayweather hype was over the top? Imagine me, Shannon Briggs, and my gypsy brother, Tyson Fury, going jaw to jaw. The only thing better than the pre-fight circus would be the one in the ring when we engage in war two former world heavyweight champions who remain armed and dangerous. I wonder wow, I like if he's that. referring to going jaw to jaw uh, specifically as the pre-fight hype because we all know yeah. that both Tyson Fury and Shannon Briggs can bring it on when it comes to talking smack. But the fight itself... I'm not so so sure it wouldn't be anticlimactic. I, I will say this. Shannon Briggs, who's in his 40s, mid-40s, late 40s maybe now, um, 
you know, I, his career has long been over. He hasn't demonstrated that he deserves a title shot, even though he was in line for one until he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, you know, he has beaten up slugs, literally guys that, that shouldn't even be uh, fighting professionally. And he immediately gets the shot because of his mouth and the hype and, you know, just his character. But if the two guys actually fought, I guess it wouldn't be that bad for Tyson Fury because we can't expect Tyson Fury to hop in the ring with Anthony Joshua, Sal. I mean, this could be a good preliminary fight to see where Tyson Fury stands. But do you think they would try to oversell it? Do you think that they would try to demand too much money, not only in purses, but from the public? Do you think they would make it a pay-per-view? I mean, what's your thoughts on this event? Because that's what it seems to be. You know, you, you hit it on the head. I don't think this should be a pay-per-view. I don't think this should be a standalone kind of main event. I think this could be kind of like a, not even a co-feature, but like on a preliminary uh, uh, preliminary card just to see what the, these, these two old-timers could bring to the table. And, uh, you know, Shannon being the old-timer. Uh, and, you know, maybe they meant by jaw, jaw to jaw. Maybe they meant each could take... A good shot. I don't know. Maybe they can't. I don't know. But um, maybe jaw to jaw was not only verbiage, but it was uh, how much can they each take as far as punishment. But uh, I, you know what? I give it the entertainment value. I don't even think there's going to be a shock value because you know when there, it's going to be entertainment, you're going to be open to receiving anything you may see with the naked eye. Uh, so I, I I don't know. It, it would be a good little preliminary fight to a to a bigger show. Um, but the the thing here is that you know uh, both of these guys have a a, a bit of an ego. Uh, yes, and I would think that uh, you know I I don't think it's going to be a pre. I I think that they would bill this as a fight itself. Uh, yeah, and um, I, you know. I, if you took out, I'm all, not paying. If, if, well, I'm if not you buying. took out, if you took out uh, all of the hype, and if you took out all of the, which would guarantee uh, you could guarantee would be uh, a lot of uh, uh, BS in terms of uh, um, you know the the pre-fight hype. If you took all of that out, um, and, and if they just treated it as a as a fight, I, I actually think the fight would be a decent matchup. Because Tyson Fury's been out of the ring so long, and Shannon Briggs, who's demanding world title shots, really hasn't fought anyone of note. So I think a win over Shannon Briggs for Tyson Fury would be good in terms of, you know, getting him back in the mix. And then if Shannon Briggs could beat Tyson Fury, I think the same. I think that uh, it would be good for him to say, see, I, I can beat, uh, you know, a, a, a top-rated fighter, even though Tyson Fury hasn't been in the ring for a while. I, in other words, where the two fighters stand right now, it may be a pretty much even fight. Uh, I, I just, I just have a feeling they would overhype it and try to oversell it. Yes, they always do. I mean, well, look at the look. You know, hey, this is like breaking the sound barrier. That's what McGregor and and uh, Mayweather did. They broke a, they broke a, they broke a barrier. They broke through uh, a ceiling, and now you're going to see, hey, I'm challenging Mickey Rourke to a fight. Hey, I don't want $100 million. Well, I'd love $100 million, but, uh, uh, but believe me, 
you know, you're going to see some of these crossover fights and some of these maybe normally un, unprocessed or unmade fights uh, probably starting to happen. Who knows? And they're going to want big purses. They're going to want to be standalone or, or something else. And it's going to be an event, more of a more of a, a shock appeal or event than an actual uh, uh, boxing match. Uh, so uh, it, it has it has some value. It has some merit. And as you said, if each fighter is serious about getting back into the top rankings and, and, and earning a title shot or so, yeah, it could be a great stepping stone for each of these fighters to fight, you know, each other. Right, right. I mean, uh, one know, wins, were... one loses. One goes off in the sunset. The other guy has another chance to live another day. Well, the problem is, is neither one of them are accepting going off into the sunset. We thought that maybe Tyson Fury was, uh, but... Uh... Uh, you know that hasn't uh, come to 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 fruition. I, he hasn't, you know, uh, gone away peacefully. You know, uh, he keeps saying he wants to fight Anthony Joshua. He wants the best. He wants this. He wants that. Um, which uh, which you know I I, I don't uh, you know I don't really buy. You know, I, this I, was I, after the meltdown. This is after Tyson Fury melt. Fury, Tyson Fury. That's meltdown. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. after his meltdown. Yeah. And, and and he became became a mental midget, and uh, you know now he's going to rebuild and and try to regroup and and get his head on straight, and you know maybe this is the new rebranded Tyson Fury. Well, I I, I don't know what to think except if I if I <laughs> if I look at it from the perspective of a real fight, where That's these two the, guys are third. right now, where these where they're two where these two guys right now. Number one. Tyson Fury, undefeated, former world, undisputed former world heavyweight champion who beat Vladimir Klitschko, who was being regarded as the best heavyweight in the world, has a meltdown, ends up basically giving up and or being stripped of his titles, and then goes off and comes back and goes off and comes back, but has not been in the ring yet. And Shannon Briggs who clearly has lost his mind over the last several years, um, mouths his way into <laughs> a world title shot, uh, and then tests positive for steroids, which came to a shock to nobody. And here they are. Neither one of them have been in the ring for quite some time, ready to fight. I mean, I, the, the fight itself, if, if we just took a look at the fight, I wouldn't mind seeing it, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind seeing the fight. I, I think it could, you know, really put in perspective where they both are in terms of competitive, uh, you know, where they are competitively, you know, uh, to fight some of the other guys that have been active. But as an event and the way that they would, uh, you know, try to bill it and, and you know, uh, steal the money from the boxing fans, I think that would be over the top, and I don't know. I I don't know what to think. As a fight by itself, I like it, but as uh you know like like even his own uh, uh his own words, Shannon Briggs says you know comparing it to McGregor Mayweather, the hype, you know he thinks that the hype for Briggs Fury would be worse than that, which I I can't see. That maybe maybe this goes to show that he he does uh, need some uh, <clears throat> mental assistance. Well, you know, here it's been, uh, let's see, about uh, 10 minutes now since we've been on and talking about it, maybe a half hour, and uh, it's marinating. I, I, I'm, I'm sensing it, and, and yeah, I, I can almost uh, 
see this fight happening. And uh, yeah, it might be it might be an interesting it might be an interesting fight. So uh, so maybe we'll uh, we'll promote it and see how it goes and how it materializes. I don't know. We'll see what happens. When are they slate? When when would this uh, fight? take place have they decided or said anything other than hey i want to fight you exactly is it, is- there's, there's there's nothing in place there's not and 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 let's we're not promoting anything i mean no. uh you know i don't uh, you know um, we gotta but, promote you and i that's about it even that's hard but uh um <laughs> you know I, I i mean we're not uh you know I, i'm just hypothetically uh discussing the fact that if if it came out I think it would be uh, if the fight came to tuition. I, I think it would be uh, no, nothing less than a circus, and I, I'm just not so sure. I, like I said, I, I give the fight itself credit. I I I I kind of like the matchup. Uh, as crazy Two as that guys. sounds, it's gonna be it be uh, it'd be good. I, I think it'd be a decent fight. I like, like to see it. I, I not only. Do I think it might be a decent fight? I think it would give us, like I said earlier, I think it would give us a clear uh, indication of of where one or the other or both of them are from a competitive nature. I mean, exactly. it's it's easy it's easy to call out everybody, you know. I mean, everybody called out Floyd Mayweather because they wanted the the payday, and you know, today everybody in the heavyweight division wants to fight uh, AJ, you know. Um, uh, Joseph Parker, after a pitiful performance uh, against Huey Fury, speaking of the Fury clan, um, you know he's saying he's he, he has the the tools and and the the secret weapon and the he's found the the chink in the armor of AJ that he could exploit and win. And you're sitting there saying to yourself, uh, is the same guy that just fought Huey Fury and struggled? I mean, uh, you know, so uh, so I, I don't know. It's it all seems like propaganda. It sounds like that. Little Rocket Man over there in uh, North Korea, you know. <laughs> Little Rocket Man. <laughs> now that's funny, Billy. That's funny. Well, I'm I'm quoting uh, our Commander in Chief, you know. Rocket but, uh, Man. He called uh, <laughs> he called uh, the the that nutcase over in North Korea the Little Rocket Man. Now we're supposed to apologize to him for calling yeah, him a name, I, which I, I you know I got into an argument yesterday about somebody and and listen, let's make no mistake, they're both uh, they're both a little nuts, but I found it amusing. That the leader of North Korea, Jing Chang Chong Chong Chung Chang Ching, you know, says, uh, you know, we're going to wipe out the U.S. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And uh, Trump's cult refers to him as the little rocket man. And now everybody's in arms. Everybody, at the UN. Everybody in the U.N. <laughs> wants us to apologize, wants us to this, wants us to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you and know they've, 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 they've taken it. Uh, the, the North Koreans have taken that as a declaration of war. I mean, I mean, and, and all of a sudden we're the bad guy. Trump is the bad guy. And I'm saying to myself, that's ridiculous, you know, and uh, I got into an argument with somebody about it. Well, we're not supposed to do it. We're supposed to be the leaders of the free world. I'm like, you know what? It's about time we start just looking out for ourselves because ultimately the world is waiting for this guy to, to strike the United States and kill U.S. citizens before we're allowed to do anything about it. And, and to me, that boggles my mind. I know we're totally off topic, but, uh, but I well, just, you know, it's, it's relative. It's true, though, Bill. Yeah, no, I mean it's crazy, right? It's crazy, and you know what? It's so funny though. You know they they first put down President Trump for using the term "rocket man." Now every newscaster, everyone, it's the new tag word. Like like, like remember uh, another election? I think it was during the Gore Bush, 
he, he the the term gravitas came out. Then everybody used gravitas, like, hey, a newfound word. Let's look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone with weight stature and, and uh, power, you know, gravitas. Hey, you know. So so now we have Rocket Man. And Gravit- uh, great is, tagline, great tag name. I, I, you know, no apology necessary. Is gravitas? Isn't that that uh, celebration in in New Orleans? Yes, yes, gravitas Mardi Gras. <laughs> uh, oh, Mardi Gras. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> or okay. Mardi Gras gravitas. Oh, I didn't know what it was. But hey, listen, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, I, I, I got, I got something else that that's bothering me, but. Uh, and it's not an ingrown toenail, but uh, <laughs> it's bothering we, you is going to bother me. Yeah, you know, that bothers us all. But uh, we'll be back. Uh, I, oh, I, I don't know what's been put in the coffee today, but uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking of being with us, uh, joining me right now is uh, my man Sal Rocky Senecola. And uh, we were talking before we went to break on the possibility of a uh, fight between um, former world heavyweight champions, Tyson Fury and Shannon Briggs. Um, and, you know, Briggs is calling out Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury hasn't been in the ring a long time, Sal. But the age difference, uh, my man Coach, who's always got my back, uh, reminded me, Tyson Fury hasn't hit 30 yet. He's 29. Briggs is 40, uh, 46. So that's, uh, you know, uh, Tyson Fury, assuming he could mentally and physically get back in shape, I mean, he's still got time. Oh, he does. Tyson Fury, I, you know, I, I, he's still under 30 years of age? Yeah, I, I was a little wow. surprised. I, I'm that. a little shocked at that, you know, I'll tell you. Nothing like uh, wow. So he uh, he does have a few years ahead of him yet. So uh, you know, I think he uh, he definitely could make a statement. He could stay retired for another year. The only but, thing uh, the only thing he would have to do is lose a few pounds. The guy is uh, I'm talking fat. I, he's you know he's pretty fat. I mean you know uh, how fat is he? He took a jump into the ocean and left the ring around the continent. I'm talking fat. You know, I mean, geez, he put. Uh, I'll tell you yeah, another thing. He put a watch. Hey, Sal, he's so fat that he put a watch on both arms and he covered two time zones, man. I mean, this guy is fat, you know, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's got to lose a few pounds, I would think. I mean, he did just for shits and giggles. He stepped on the scale the other day and it said, one of you guys got to get off. Come on, man. Come on. But uh, I, I don't know. Who's writing your material? I like it. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, it is, a, it is a fight that uh, uh, I would, I would uh, be interested in seeing. Um, but, um, in any event, you know, another thing happened, uh, another thing happened to me on my way to work today. No, but, uh, another thing happened that was, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know. It's got me thinking. 
And, you know, that's a dangerous thing. When I start well, thinking, I'm trying to think, but nothing happens, you know. A but mind, uh, I, I'm, mind I'm, is a terrible thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a terrible thing. It's a waste on me. You know, it's like when I was trying to think, and nothing happens, you know, like the old uh, thing. Oh, geez, I'm trying to think, but nothing's happening here. I, I'm going blank. Curly. You sound like Curly. Yeah, I know. That's that's his line. But uh, uh, anyway, um, from Denmark, a Danish fighter in the cruiserweight division, Mickey Nelson, He's got a record of 23-1 and one with 14 knockouts. Uh, he is ranked in the top 20 uh, by all of the major sanctioning bodies. Uh, it was announced yesterday that uh, uh, he, or announced early this morning, uh, depending upon the time zone, uh, by the uh, South African Anti-Doping Agency, uh, or I should say, let, let me rephrase it, by the South African Boxing Commission, based on the results of, of a test performed by the South African Anti-Doping Agency, um, Mickey Nelson had tested positive uh, for uh, uh, anabolic steroids and uh, testosterone uh, in his system when he fought Johnny Mueller uh, back in June of 2016. Geez, uh, law and order, uh, they get these test results back pretty quick. I mean, uh, these, over, over in the land down under, it takes a year. Uh, you know, CSI, uh, CSI gets results back in about an hour and a half. I mean, uh, this took a year and a half. But the bottom line is that they posed a four, one, two, three, four-year ban on Mickey Nelson that he's not allowed to fight in South Africa for four years. However, the asterisk next to that is that he is allowed to fight someplace else if a commission will just do it. My 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 question to you, and and I've always been, I've always been against when when we're talking in the United States, I've always been against a government-controlled boxing commission, and the reason why is I feel that the reasons why I, I feel that the same reasons I don't think it will work are the same reasons people want it in place. A lot of people feel that a government-run boxing commission and I'm talking about the United States, would help curb um, corruption and et cetera, et cetera. And I feel the opposite. I think that the corruption would just add another layer of corruption. I mean, our government, and I'm, a, I'm proud to be an American, but uh, our government I can't even run the, the post office effectively. Uh, you know, we, 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 everything is so politically, everybody's so afraid of political correctness. Um, I, you know, I just have my doubts. I do feel that maybe an agency to oversee an agency might be the answer. Like if we gave the ABC some power or if all the commissions report, I mean, something just to, that the commissions would have to answer to a higher power. But with that said, Sal, I started thinking when I when I was, you know, uh, doing the, doing my when I was writing the show this morning and this was, you know, one of the topics you know, maybe it's time. Maybe I'm 100% wrong. Maybe it's time now to have a global commission for boxing. You know, we talked in the in this last several weeks about how boxing is global, and it always has been, but more so today because of the, the fact that we're all able to uh, watch a fight that's taken place in another country, something because of technology, something that we weren't able to do uh, relatively a short time ago is the advances in technology and the fact that you know we can watch a fight from Japan or, or from the land down under in our living rooms now versus we couldn't really do that several years back do you think it's time 
to have a global commission, <clears throat> excuse me, because if a fighter is cheating someplace, the only way to get fighters to stop cheating is to threaten their careers with a global uh, ban or, or uh, uh, you know, uh, suspension or however you want to look at. If a fighter can be suspended in one country and go fight freely in others, uh, we're not really getting the point across, I think. What, what's your thoughts, man? I think you just gave somebody an idea to start a new sanctioning body called the Global Boxing Association. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I meant. No, 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 no. I don't need that. No, no. This way you just let out a bag. Not another belt. Not another belt. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Global we... Boxing Association no. Council. Watch it. No, uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, that would be unique. That would be great. And, uh, yes, yeah, some of these rules from country to country – should be there should be some reciprocity where they respect the uh, the, the wishes because I mean it, nothing's going to stop uh, uh, Mickey Nelson from coming to the United States and and trying to pass our our boxing uh, rules and regulations and tests and he can get a license here I'm sure maybe I'm not sure I don't know but he he most likely can in some other country and fight there if he wanted to until he, his his uh, ban is lifted in South Africa so maybe uh, having a a global, which we all have. I mean, we have our our domestic, which is our our, our country of origin uh, ID for for boxing as a professional, and we also, I even I have a global ID for boxing internationally. So you know, those things should be respected. And if one country or we 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 see this this way i think it should be uh, respected and appreciated and, and also reciprocated by other countries if it's a legit uh, uh something that that's on the surface like like uh doping in the ring or something like that yeah well you know some some of the larger commissions um do uh, okay let, let me just let me just uh educate the fans if you don't know real quick there's we all like to refer to box rec for quick uh answers for records right. and wins losses etc etc but the official record keeping of professional boxing uh in the united states is a company called fight facts and uh, not that i agree with fight facts because it, it's kind of a scam as a promoter we got to buy the fight faxes and then the commissions use the fight facts data as as gospel um with that said their fight facts records and maintains records on suspension so if a commission puts a fighter up on suspension for whatever reason whether it's a ban on performance enhancing drugs or whether it was suspension due to a cut or a knockdown or a knockout um fight facts uh, copies that and until that commission that issued uh that suspension slash ban lifts it so in other words if if the state of uh new york uh puts a a a, a, a restriction or a ban on a fighter the state of new york has to lift it before fight facts reports that fighter as being clean and able to fight um some reputable commissions will recognize uh other uh suspensions or bans from uh from from other countries I know from a personal experience, one time I was promoting a fight in New York and um, I had the main event and the way the fight, the, the way the story goes, and it's a true story, my, my two fighters in the main event had fought each other once before 
and it was a rematch. Um, but uh, what had happened was the one fighter had been, uh, they fought each other. The, the one fighter won, the other one lost. Then the guy who lost was put on suspension, and 29 days into a 30-day suspension, he went and fought in Europe, won, and then came back, fought again in the United States, in, in Virginia or something like that, and then was fighting on my card, which was you know several, uh, uh, almost a year later. And um, the New York State Athletic Commission decided that this fighter was bad for the sport because he didn't live up to his suspension, which he missed by one day, and therefore wouldn't let him fight on my card, which I thought was ludicrous. Wow. It, it should have went back to the other United States commission that allowed him to fight after he fought on 29th day of a 30-day suspension. My point is, is that depending upon the commission, they would adhere and, and acknowledge a ban or a suspension, but not all do, like was the case with me. I think if we had some type of a global commission, not a sanctioning body, because uh, we don't, we certainly don't need new belts, Sal. Uh, okay, but, it was uh, just an idea. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, but, but if we had a, a sanctioning body where we all, I mean, a commission where they all would, you know, adhere to suspensions and bans and this and that, I think maybe a fighter would think twice about using a performance-enhanced drug if he knew that his career was going to be put on hold for four years. I mean, Shannon Briggs, I think, got suspended for six months uh, here in the States, and uh, Mickey Nelson gets a four-year ban in South Africa, but they make uh, total note that he can fight other places, just not in South Africa, which to me means nothing. You know, no. uh, it just means that their promoters and team might have a harder time getting them to fight other places because of the, tr of the travel uh, situation. But I, if we really want to clean it up, Sal, we should make some kind of uh, global commission to oversee this stuff. I mean, I, I never was for it before, but I, I think in lieu of, of the cheating factor, maybe that's an answer. Maybe, but with every commission, there's controversy. It's the CC Commission and Controversy. Uh, we, 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 there's going to be uh, finger pointing. There's going to be uh, maybe contrasting styles or, 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 or bylaws or things. Maybe they got to have one purpose or two, two identifiable uh, means of what they're in place for, uh, such as this, this whole um, doping of, of drugs and stuff and uh, maybe some other things uh, that would have an insight or oversight as far as worldwide uh, boxers not being allowed to, to fight. Same thing with, you know, maybe they could look and protect the fighters too. You know, some fighter that might fail – a, a uh, CAT scan or MRI, MRA, whatever they do uh, in one in one country, maybe maybe he should not be allowed to fight in another country. M maybe because their uh, uh, technology is maybe not as advanced as ours or so that they may allow his his brain uh, could pass a certain test. I don't know, Bill. It's a good it's a good thought. I just know without some real defined rules, regulations, and laws of what they're supposed to be doing and their purpose. Uh, I think that would have to be clearly, you know, stated. And then, uh, of course, you're going to have to have, uh, it's going to be like the United Nations. Look at the controversy with the United Nations. So it's going to be United Nations of boxing. There you go. Well, 
hold that thought because uh, Coach yeah, made a point here in the chat room, and I'm going to address that as soon as we come back from break. And we may even open up, open up the phone line. So if you have something to say on this issue or uh, the Briggs-Tyson Fury possible showdown, uh, drop me uh, a call, 845-228-8710. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could join us. And, uh, you know, you guys can't see Sal uh, during the breaks, but uh, I can. And, uh, you know, we have this, you know, camera set up on Sal, whatever. And Sal just takes a sip of his coffee mug, which incidentally is not uh, his normal Billy C. mug because he's at an undisclosed location right now. And he takes a drink, sip of it, and all of a sudden he looks at the coffee cup like, what the hell was that? What did, what did I just drink? Sal, what did, you, what did you throw some nips or something in there? Because uh, yesterday, <laughs> uh, there were a couple of a couple of comments I saw on social media thought you had a few drinks before you came on the air. You and Dax were out drinking, they thought. And uh, the way you just looked at uh, your mug uh, today, I was saying to myself, man, what did he put some uh, anisette in there? What? What, what did he uh, Some Sambuca? I like Sambuca with my coffee. What, what about you? Me too. Me too. But yeah. no, we don't have any Sambuca here. Uh, <laughs> it's just pure coffee with one of those uh, uh, flavored creamers. It's actually very good. Oh, maybe it's but it a, is in a smaller cup, and, and this is like my fifth cup already, it's, you know, because it's a smaller cup. You, you just better make sure it's not like arsenic. Right? Does it taste almini to you? <laughs> yes, does it, it is almond. Does it, it taste is. a little nutty? <laughs> oh, yeah, did you piss your girlfriend off? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, come on, man. Be serious. It's not my will yet. Hey, hey, listen, I, I want to make a, a point. Um yes about uh, um, Coach in the chat room, by the way, if you're watching or listening on uh, another uh, vehicle, whether TV or another stream or radio or whatever, we do monitor and, and respond to uh, the comments in our chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. Now, I, I will admit I do uh, comment uh, to people on, on Facebook Live only because it's experimental right now. But uh, uh, anyway, um, Coach just said that... Uh, Basically, he was saying that, you know, there should be some standard rules, that we should start off with standardized rules. And then, Sal, you said something about the medicals and stuff. And, and you know, I, it's a topic I've been discussing for a long time um, about, you know, standardization of, to, beginning, to begin with, the medical rules. You, you guys have all heard my idea about uh, me feeling that, um, prior to being issued a federal ID, which is how we here in the United States control fighters uh, and making sure they're not fighting under different names or whatever. They have to get what they call a federal ID. And a federal ID is uh, required um, to be physically present uh, every time a fighter fights and, and they have to present it to the commission. Um, before obtaining a federal ID, I, I just feel that all fighters should undergo a, a, a CAT scan, a head scan, so that not not because they want to become a professional fighter, which could be uh, another good reason, but um, in order to give a doctor a comparison scan, if for some reason 
there's an issue that they want to check for down the road after a severe knockdown or even a, a, a brutal beating. Uh, it, it gives a comparison. Uh, the way that it works now is they look at a scan, and as long as it's within the tolerance of what a normal scan should look like, they give the thumbs up, it's okay. And we all know that you know everybody's uh, body is different, and therefore uh, what could be a normal uh, scan for you or I could be not normal for someone else. Um, the problem with that, which, which I, I feel should be a rule across the board, and standardization, I agree with Coach and, and you, Sal, but the problem with it and the reason why it's not in place right now is because the feds, if the government came back and said, the federal government came back and said, listen, we're going to control boxing now. We're going to make sure that everybody does what we said. That, and as it was explained to me, uh, by a uh, commissioner at one point uh, in the state of New York that that is impossible as it is written right now because that's a violation of the state laws versus federal. In other words, the states have certain rights that go beyond the federal. And one of them is in, uh, in, in position with a boxing commission. Uh, you can't force a state to make, uh, uh, you can't tell a state, the feds can't tell a state what rules that they have to adhere to on a state level for boxing. I don't agree with sure. it, but it's the fact. In other words, some state commissions here in the U.S., you have to have a head scan every every three years, or some, uh, you only have to have it after a certain age. Uh, some require uh uh, you know, uh, chest X-ray and blood work and and all of this. Some require minimal. You know, some require eye tests. Some only require an eye test and a blood test. You know, some just require a blood test. Some require it all. Wow. Um, it's it's very hard. And the reason why it would be beneficial to the fighters, to the fighters, to have the same medical requirements across the board, is because it would open up doors for them to fight in other states. Like, for example, in New York, they require a head scan, but they pay for it, which is an advantage for the promoters here in New York. But when it comes time to getting a fight approved and you bring a fighter to the to the commission for their approval to fight another fighter, they have a tendency to lean towards New York fighters because New York fighters, they kind of have a financial investment in. They don't want to bring a fighter from, let's say, Missouri or or Tennessee or something like that, pay for all the medicals and then have that fight fall out or whatever or have that fighter never come back and fight in New York. They use those medicals and fight other places. So it becomes uh, pretty messy, Sal. But the, the fact is the fact that it would benefit the fighters, I think. Um, and, and I also believe that the, the uh, promoters would benefit if they made the young fighters take a head scan because they could pay for it and sign a, a young fighter to a promotional deal. I, I think it's a win-win for everybody, to be honest with you. I don't know why they haven't done it yet. Well, you know, there are certain things in boxing that, you know, whether they turn a blind eye or whether they just don't uh, want to upset the apple cart, uh, you know, why they, they can't all be on the same page. Uh, and, you know, let's let's face it. Maybe there are some states like New York that are more strict 
on uh, having their fighters certified as being, you know, definitely okay to fight within this year's licensing agreement uh, uh, than other countries. I mean, in other states. Uh, so, you know, it, it's hard. And then they'll take on the burden when they have a fight over there because well, there is reciprocity, as I use that term a lot, with the uh, interstate uh, rules and, and respect as far as licenses. Uh, I think it should be mandatory uh, between the states and, and worldwide that a fighter does get a brain scan on an annual basis or maybe after every big knockout or something like that or hard fight. Uh, I think it should be. It's going to be costly. And who absorbs all those expenses? It's got to be something that, uh, again, is going to be – you've pictured this. Now a commission is going to be uh, formed and it's going to have to be getting funds in and other things. So there's a lot. That, we'll use the term minutia that's going to be taking place as far as how one thing could be organized, formed, and actually uh, effective. And it's going to take funds. It's going to take uh, coordination. And it's going to take a lot uh, if we did like a world sanctioning uh, uh, or global boxing association, if you will, to recognize uh, all these certain things that, that are necessary to be in place. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good idea, I think that if minimally, if the medicals were all the same in the United States, it would help the sport. Now, to the original issue, um, you know, I, I, I think that if we did that, at least in, in the United States, then maybe other countries would want to, you know, recognize and, um, you know, adhere to, to our uh, suspensions, bans, whatever, and we should do the same. In other words, we can't complain that the sport of boxing is filled with cheaters using performance-enhancing drugs, like every sport uh, is in, in today's world. Uh, we can't complain about it. We can't accuse. We can't assume. Uh, but when someone tests positive, regardless of who made the test, because that's another argument here in the States, oh, well, that test isn't accurate. Uh, they need this one or whatever. But if a test comes back positive and it's done by an agency that's not uh, VADA or uh, uh, USADA here in the States, um, I, I think we should adhere to it. I, I think it's the only way to, uh, to curb uh, the thought of cheating. And, you know, when we first started doing the PED stuff, a lot of, oh, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. It was in my vitamin. It was in my cereal. I, I, I had a cheeseburger that, you know, they, uh, they were saying in Mexico, oh, they put the, those steroids in the beef. They feed it to the beef. So I had a burger the other day, and that's why I tested. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, the bottom line is you test them. If they come up dirty, you, you suspend them, you do whatever you want, and everyone else should recognize that suspension. Don't give the fighter an out. Because then the message is not being sent and heard. I, I I don't know. It's like it's like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna go rob a bank here in New York, um, and if I get caught, I, I'm only susceptible to going to jail in New York. But if if I want to travel to another state, I'm okay. You know, I you know I, I commit a crime in New York, and I'm only gonna pay the price if I'm in New York. If I if I go to Georgia and live with Sal." Uh, then I'm not going to go to jail. You know, I, it's the same thing, Sal. I mean, uh, 
It should be, it's, uh, we should look at it. Uh, if somebody cheats, they should pay, <laughs> excuse me, pay the price for everyone, not just for that country. That, that's my thought. Well, I, and I think it's a great thought. I mean, now, a four-year ban is basically a career, basically, on, on some levels. Uh, so are each, is each country or, 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 or uh, state going to have it across the board from the home country as far as what they declare? That's what I'm saying. If we do it on a global basis, there's got to be a set of rules, regulations in place, uh, whether it's a six-month ban worldwide, a one-year ban worldwide, if, they're, if they detect any kind of uh, performance-enhancing drugs or something like that. You know, like I said, four years is basically, it could be a career uh, uh, in a fight game. So, you know, I think if they are all on the same page and they uh, uh, re- appreciate and respected each other's uh, uh, wishes, yeah, I think uh, I think some type of... Uh, this body should be formed where those rules and regulations are respected worldwide. Yeah, I I, I agree uh, with you. Um, some other news. Uh, and what's your thoughts? Drop us an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I. As long as they don't ban coffee. Huh? No, they're not going to ban it. It's good for you now. A couple of years ago, coffee was bad for you. It's bad for you. Don't drink the coffee. And then all of a sudden, no, no, wait, wait. A new study says it's good for you. Yeah, it's good. It's like yeah. eggs. It's like it's it's like eggs. You know, several years ago, no, no, eggs are no good for you. Don't be eating eggs. Too much cholesterol. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Eggs have the good cholesterol. There's a good cholesterol and there's bad cholesterol. You eat the good cholesterol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. That's crazy. Crazy. Oh, man, I'll tell you. Well, it, it is. It, it depends on how, what, what, entity is looking through what prism to see something that's bad or good it's crazy that's that's what we need to have declared uniform across the board one <laughs> one thing well but it's the same thing like you just said one year it's bad one year it's good well well look at it this way bad is good sometimes like yes, in other words you could say you could say you could say man did you see that play the other day? Oh man, he was bad, man. He was bad, and that means he yeah, was but good. It was good, man. No, no, that, that means he's good. Or you could say, oh man, did you taste that crap that they ate? Oh, that was bad. You know, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, hey, hey, that that chick, man, she looked bad, and that means she looked good, right? But uh, man, did you smell that rotten tomato? Oh, that was bad. Now that's bad. You know, so I mean, you gotta know. Which bad is good? You know, I mean, is bad good? I don't know. Is good bad? I don't know. It's so confusing. You know, I mean, I'm you know. Confused right now. <laughs> right, I'm getting confused. About it. But uh, anyway, um, heavyweight uh, fight. Point. You know, I'm not a big uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller fan. I'm just not. I think this guy uh, uh, is uh, extremely overrated, um, you know, uh, truthfully. Uh, he did uh, come out on top in his last fight against uh, Gerald Washington, uh, which uh, uh, I was uh, excited about uh, when I saw the fight. I thought it would be uh, uh, a good one. Um, and uh, as it turned out, um, he it was a good fight, but he uh, had come out on top. And, you know, he's calling out all the champions. I mean, that was his toughest fight. Uh, he is ranked in the top 10 of all uh, of the major sanctioning bodies. And uh, it's looking like he's going to be fighting 
on uh, November 11th uh, on the undercard of Daniel Jacobs' fight on HBO against uh, uh, Moritz Wach, who's uh, that giant guy who also uh, had tested positive for uh, uh, steroids at one point. Uh, Wach is uh, 33 and two with 17 knockouts. Big Baby Miller, uh, 19 and 0 with 17 knockouts. Uh, a fight that uh, um, I would like to see. Uh, is it HBO worthy? Uh, I'm not so sure. But uh, anyway, hey Sal, joining us right now is uh, the infamous uh, Jeremy C. Jeremy, what 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 do we owe What's this? What's up, y'all? What, what do we owe this? Uh, Good morning, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing much. Just uh, watching some Billy C. and uh, talking boxing in the morning here and enjoying the show, as, as always. I'm actually on my phone today. I'm uh, mobile. I'm running around. Always, always testing something out, Jeremy. Always, you know, you know, just in case we need a live report somewhere. So I'm ready. So, Jeremy, uh, I, I would ask you your thoughts on this uh, uh, governmental commission, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I know, I know you. Right. You can ask. No, me no, 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 no. I, I insist. I have another question for you. <laughs> I know, I know your work because you know I don't. I, you get so advanced with some of your answers. I don't want to confuse. It's early in the morning. I don't want to confuse. It's understandable. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't want people are ready. I don't want to confuse the 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 you know Joe Schmo public that watches this show. You know, understood. But, right. Understood. But but I do want to ask. You know, you've been uh, watching the the uh, footage uh, of uh, Billy, our last Billy C event. Uh, Sal and I had uh, down at Sea uh, uh, Palms Resort in Saint Simons. Yep. And uh, you had mentioned to me that. Uh, you 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 were brought to tears when Sal finally uh, finally obtained his uh, title belt, his world title belt. Tell tell us about the experience you had when you were watching that footage. You know what? It, it was a moment, Bill. I, I mean, it's going to go down in history. It's just if you don't cry when you watch this, then you're not a real man. Uh, you know, when when you strapped that belt on Sal, you could just see you know dreams were made. You know, dreams had come true, Bill. Dreams had come true. You know, we, 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 we thought that it would be uh, beneficial and, and we, we felt that Sal, you know, deserved the title. I mean, he, here he was. I mean, we were doing this Billy C event and, uh, you know, we throw Sal in the mix with all these, you know, well-decorated former world champions, you know, Marlon Starling and Bob and Chez and, uh, of course, uh, Billy Ray, C. Ray Mercer. Yeah, right. Ray Mercer, who not only had a, a world title, but also Olympic gold medal. And, man, uh, is he funny? You know, uh, and and and, oh, and man, all of a sudden, there's Sal. You know, and uh, ironically enough, he's the shortest guy in the room too. You know, and and we just <laughs> we figured, you know, we had to give Sal a belt. I mean, he's accomplished a lot in life, and uh, uh, it was a great presentation and a great time. I mean, uh, what's your thoughts as you're uh, putting the final touches on that? No, honestly, you know what? It looked like a lot of fun. I wish I could have been there. Ray Mercer was freaking hilarious, man. He was funny really guy. funny. He might have had a few, you know. But, uh, Ray, he, he was Ray, with funny. the when when he was saying about about <laughs> what we were having uh, in our party compared to the party next door that was going. <laughs> it was very funny, and you know what, Sal? First of all, Sal, I like the 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 beard. It looks like you're taking a little page out of the Jeremy C. Handbook. I I like it. It looks Thank good, you, Jeremy. You, you know inspired. what? No, Jeremy's Sal, a trendsetter, Sal. You know that. I know that. <laughs> Sal, your speech was amazing that night. I have. I'm putting the final final touches on that video, so I should have that to Billy C. It's actually saving right behind me. I should have that to Billy C. Today, and then it's up to him how he wants to <laughs> distribute it. But yeah, no, it looked like a great night. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, I just wish Bill owned a tripod. Other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sal, <laughs> uh, Jeremy, Jeremy doesn't understand that it was the 11th and a half hour when we found uh, a human body to hold that camera for us, you know. Uh, Jeremy, uh, she yeah. gets a little it dizzy was. from the motion, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, right? You might Sal? throw up a few times watching. Well, I mean, hey, hey listen, it was cut had- and dry. Even, you know what, Sal, when Jeremy and I were talking about it, um, you know, I was like, oh, well, I got this raw footage. Uh, uh, you know, we want to we want to post this this uh, up on probably just YouTube. We'll give it away for, up on YouTube. And uh, I said, you know, it's raw footage. You got to do something. He calls me uh, and says, because uh, the very next day, because when I give Jeremy something, he's right on it. You know, so he calls me the very like next this. day. He Billy calls snaps. me. The, he, he calls me the very next day, actually, hours after I sent it to him. And uh, he says, uh you know, there's not much I can do with it. It's all pretty complete. I mean, you know, yeah. and wow. uh, it no, was, it? right? Honestly, there's not there's wow. not a lot to edit. You throw some logos up. I put the name of the, the you know, everybody speaking while they're up. But, I mean, for the most part, it, it flowed nice. It looked like a great time. You know, I, I'm coming to the next one. I encourage everyone else to, uh, you we know, had a great show time. up to it the next cool. Billy C event. You, I, we all missed out, people. Not, we well, all I, missed out. Not everyone that was in that room. Uh, we had a great – and you know what? Speaking of which, Sal, we haven't heard from uh, – my man Stephen Barr. We wanted to have him come on and uh, talk about. It. He was the guy uh, that uh, was from England um, that uh, uh, was in Washington and and flew over at the last minute and joined us, which was pretty cool. He was that's uh, awesome. He was hanging out with with all of us, man. You know that he what a what a class act too, and what a great. Uh, I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, he comes over and and he introduces himself, and lo and behold, wow. Uh, a big fan of the Billy C show and and there he was right there and uh he had a he you know what I, I was so happy for him because he I mean he had a great weekend he said it and and I mean it was great I mean and the way these fighters were I mean you know Ray Mercer Bobby Ches Marlon Starlin I mean they gave themselves to the crowd they did everything they took pictures they signed autographs uh they sat and they talked about their fights about fighting today about everything we it was just an engaging, well-planned, uh, great event, uh, a full, uh, a great eventful full weekend. It was great. It was hey, great. Hey, it was Jer- so much fun. Hey, Jeremy, you want to know the funniest thing was uh, uh, Mar- Marlon Starling and, and his uh, and his wife. Love um, they come up to me and and they they use uh, they said, oh man. You, you people, I go whoa, whoa, whoa! You people, <laughs> you say, people, you know, and and, and they go, they're going, uh, they go, they go, they go, going, man, the, the Italians, you know. She she says to me, Marlon's uh, woman says to me, uh, man, I, you know, I, I don't want to offend you guys, but I, when are you going to stop eating? Every time we turn around or eat and eat, you know, every time we went into Sal's and place, you know, and and the and the time they thought they were going to get some reprieve and. We went a little early, and we figured, oh well, you know, we got uh, you know an hour and a half, two hours before dinner. Lo and behold, you know, Heather comes out. Here, here's some here's some uh, fried raviolis and some uh, garlic <laughs> bread to start with. She put it. Everybody's like, oh my god, you know, and yeah. they just ate and ate. It was round. great. It's like around the there's, fighting it was around the food. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one thing Italians don't have a problem, and that's you know if, if you're ever underweight, right, the day before fight night, you know. 
you're going to be fine. That's fine. You're, you're, coming up in weight is no problem for an Italian. Hey, that's why yeah. That's why the, all the Italians want to go back to eight weight classes because all these weight classes <laughs> in between are just too difficult, too difficult. Well, you know, Bill, and that's what I always say almost nightly in my restaurant. We celebrate life with food yep. uh, and, and, and wine and, and, and love of people around us. And that's, that's, that's how we celebrate life, you know? Yeah. Well, I tell you, the man is delicious. I, 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 it's delicious. I, yeah, and, and I just want to say one thing. Uh, you know, back to Stephen Barr. There's one thing I learned, and I've always said this. You know, and, and we say this about the uh, the fights. You know, I watch the fights all the time uh, from the UK, and I always say the live audience is great. You know, they're always you know, and I, and I I mentioned you know jokingly, oh, it's probably because you know they drink pints of beer all the time. You know, they're they're, they're, they're shit faced by the time the fights come on. Well, I think that my man Stephen Barr uh, reiterated that uh, concept because uh, I met him the first time for breakfast. Uh, I was ordering coffee and eggs, and he was already on wanting to oh, buy man. us beers and stuff. And, and the guy, I will say this, that guy drank all day from the time he woke up because he was watching his team, the soccer game was on. Yes, uh, and they were. Yes. On, it was on early. Eight o'clock in the morning. It, it was on early, right? It was on. Or I know it was. It was football, and uh, and he was watching, and he started drinking at eight in the morning, and went <laughs> all the way. And and it, the one day he even said to me. I, I, I have to pace myself today, and I'm looking at him. Pace yourself, <laughs> I, you know. What what do you do when you when you really go all out? I mean, Jesus, these guys. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that any of them. Uh, they must have they must have like livers and can and kidneys over there. They must sell them in 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 the supermarket because, uh, you know, it seems to go uh, uh quickly, just like uh, uh Jeremy's uh video feed. Whoa, seemed to I don't go know what the quickly. heck happened. Am I upside down now? No, no, yeah, you're, you're fine. Right, you're fine. All right, but. Anyway, hey, listen, we got to take a break here. And, uh, Jeremy, I appreciate you stopping No problem, by. man. You guys have a great show. Uh, and uh, I, what, what, is that a new hairstyle you got? You going for the – It's called for Deadhead, the, Bill. Oh, oh it, it looked like That's it called- was – yeah, yeah, it looked like you were kind of spiking it up. It, it, it kind of looks pretty uniform. You sure you're not just trying? Uh, Sal, you're not going to come on the show tomorrow looking like that, are you? I mean, you, you are growing the beard. Uh, Jeremy is Sal, a trendsetter. But grab it and kind of pinch it up in the middle. That's there. what it's it looks like. A, like. a little, hey, a little yeah. gel. People yeah, pay yeah, extra for that. They pay extra yeah. for that. They go to a hairstylist for that, Jeremy. You know, I go to a barber, Bill. Yeah, no, no, I know you're. I'm a you know, I'm also a licensed barber and hairstylist. Oh, there you go. I am. I still have my license out of New Jersey. (laughs) Hey, we, we got go. a new commercial coming up. Jeremy's working on. I'm not just. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Hey, I'm whoa, not, whoa, whoa. No, you the know, commercial. You know, hey, I don't just. I, I don't just promote. Uh, I don't want to mention it till we got it. I'm also a client. Remember you, Jeremy? <laughs> Jeremy, that's the first thing because Jeremy likes to kick me when I'm down, Sal. I don't know what no, it man, is. A little with bit. Him. It's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sal. Sal used to have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Promote the your hair salon that doesn't exist anymore. Go ahead. No, uh, <laughs> uh, but I used to have a hair salon. Guess guess what the name was, Jeremy? South Hair Salon. Just just think <laughs> good about guess, it. Good guess. You know, South Hairaria. No, come on, come on, take uh, another guess. I was still knockout cuts. Him. Knockout cuts. Close, close. Uh, uppercuts. Uppercuts. The, the Up. uppercuts. Yeah, there you go. That's the awesome. Hair salon hey, hey. We're all. Now get this, where all hairstyles are a knockout. There you go. That's 
Sal, you should be in marketing, man. This is good stuff. Hold on, I'm writing this idea down. Hey, 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 listen. I want you guys to just <laughs> do, do me one favor, right? I as I'm watching, as I'm watching you, I have you split on a screen, and it looks like you could high fi each other right now. <laughs> yeah, no, the other way. You got to go to your to your to your side. Yeah, yeah, go that way. No, the other side. Well, both no. these are both both. <laughs> forget it. I'm holding my phone. With uh, that I hand. tell you. Oh, that's right. You got your phone. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm on the phone today. Oh, I thought maybe you hired the same guy we hired for the Billy C get together. Oh, look, it's the Billy C get together. Hey, everyone. Hey, yeah, hey, enjoy hey, the yeah. show. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeremy, thanks for coming uh. on, man. <laughs> Are you saying something about being dysfunctional? No, I'm saying I was just thanking I was just thanking Jeremy for coming on. Hey, both of I got to take a break. All right, thanks, Forget Jeremy, for coming on. We'll be talking to you soon. I'm going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll be talking some boxing. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. And uh, thank God we're back to normal. Every time Jeremy C comes on the show, uh, all hell breaks loose. But uh, it's chaos. Uh, it's it all is. over the place. It's chaos, like uh, get smart. <laughs> get <laughs> smart. Love, Remember that chaos. Uh, I love chaos. But uh, uh, looks like Sal changed his location. He's in a secret, secret location now. He. <laughs> Threw up that uh, picture real quick. Hey, good. Hey, get a little color on that set. That's Sal. Huh? Well, I, you know, I first took it down, wanting a, a blank wall, but I figured, you know, well, let's put it back. Then up. you realize that you didn't have you the know. green screen yet. You know, we talked about that green screen, didn't we? I haven't gotten it. To, <laughs> I haven't gotten it all set yet. I mean, you know, hey, one thing we do got to talk about is uh, um, this week uh, we are uh, have we do have a short week, uh, unfortunately. Uh, some issues uh, have come up, uh, which is beneficial to you guys because uh, it's upgrade issues. But uh, Thursday and Friday, we will not be doing uh, a live show uh, because uh, we're doing some uh, upgrades here to the systems. So uh, we apologize for that. And I apologize for the uh, late announcement. And uh, Sal, uh, I apologize to you for just letting you know right now as, uh, as we're uh, live. I played play uh, my whole uh, week yeah. with the Billy C. Show. Well. But thank, thank you for letting thank, me know. We're 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 not doing a show Thursday and Friday. Th- thank goodness. Well, it's not looking like it unless unless okay. it changes. Unless something uh, changes. Yeah, I just want to get everybody ready for it. But uh, the schedule is slow, so it is a good time to to do these. And I have to pick and choose when we do them. But uh, uh, some stuff I want to talk about. November fourth, uh, it was announced that uh, uh, the interim WBA World Light Heavyweight Champion Dimitri Bivol, uh, who was supposed to face. Uh, Bedo Jack uh, for uh, Jack's title uh, will now be facing Trent Broadhurst uh, for the full World Boxing Association's uh, World Light Heavyweight title. Uh, it will be taking place uh, in Monte Carlo on November 4th uh, and uh, will be broadcast on HBO's uh, Boxing After Dark, which uh, uh, is pretty cool. I'm, uh, uh, I'm excited about that. 
I, I still, I, you know, I'm a little confused with uh, all of the uh, uh, all of the, the the televised stuff for HBO because Daniel Jacobs is fighting um, the following week, November 11th on HBO to make his HBO uh, uh, New Deal debut, and on November 4th that is the fight. Um, that the fight night that Deontay Wilder will be defending his title against Luis Ortiz on Showtime. So, um, I, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Jamie McDonald and uh, Lebraro Solis uh, will be on the title uh, on that card as well. Uh, on at least on the uh, uh, on the Dimitri Bivol Broadhurst card, and Scott Quigg uh, will be taking uh, uh, Oleg uh, Yefimayich. And the return of Derek Chisora. So, I mean, the card looks good in Monte Carlo, but I'm just not so sure how HBO is going to deal. I, unless it's going to be the 11th. I don't know, man. What do you, I don't think anybody should go up against Deontay Wilder against Luis Ortiz, Sal. I mean, to me, no, that's risky. That should be, yeah, that should be, uh, that should be our focus for that evening. I, 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 that's what's going to be my focus. So I don't think anybody really should try to go up against that. They should try to work with it. I mean, you not, know, that's not, it. Not to be compu- confused with a Ford focus. But uh, anyway, that's <laughs> going to be taking place November 4th. Uh, last night, Monday night, football. Uh, at least I got back on my winning ways with my picks. I had a t- terrible week uh, financially uh, Sunday. But Monday night, football. The Cowboys uh, beat the Cardinals 28-17. to 17. You um, called that one. Uh, Elliott ran for uh, 80 yards on 23 carries and, and a touch. Uh, he had a touchdown. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, was pretty efficient with uh, throwing 18 times, completing 13 passes for uh, 183 yards and a couple of TDs. Um, the, the Cardinals had their moments. Uh, they could have uh, been up on this, uh, up on the Cowboys, fourteen nothing in the first quarter, but blew their opportunity. Carlson Palmer had a good day uh, as far as statistics go: uh, twenty nine uh, completions out of forty eight attempts for three hundred twenty five yards and a couple of touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald had a great day as a receiver: thirteen catches for one hundred forty nine yards and a touchdown. But the Cardinals still uh, came up short. Uh, in that one, significantly, I might add, uh, losing 28-17. to 17. We do have an email I'm going to read, Sal. So this one's from my man Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I got to see the Linares fight, and I think he won, uh, but in a boring fashion. He should have thrown more combos since he had the speed edge. If he, didn't get, uh, if he doesn't get Mikey, then fight uh, Easter, Terry, or Tank Davis. Uh, those guys have to fight each other to prove who's the best in that division. I'm going to give uh, you uh, an update on Tank Davis, even though it's not much of one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree. I, I know you didn't get a chance to watch the fight yet, Seth, but I don't know if I could agree with Jesse that it was a boring fight because I thought it was a pretty entertaining fight. I I liked it. I, I thought that that you have to give credit to Campbell for neutralizing uh, Jorge Linares in that fight. I think it took him a few rounds to, to, to you know, uh, get the distance right, to, to, to you know, uh, see the speed uh, of uh, Linares' country. He had to adjust to Linares, and, and I thought that after a few rounds he did that. And then I thought Luke Campbell kind of controlled the fight. I think he was the one that was limiting Linares uh, from the attack. So I, I disagree. As far as him fighting Mikey Garcia... You know, here's the problem with Jorge Linares. 
I don't think he's a big enough draw for Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is looking for these big, big fights as he just fought against Adrian Broner. He's the guy. He's a guy that we want to see. I I don't know if Jorge Linares brings that. I don't know if he's got enough of it, and you know that special it factor. Gravitas, gravitas. If he has the gravitas. Uh, which not to be confused with Mardi Gras, like I did. But, uh, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe HBO wants that. Uh, Mikey Garcia against uh, against uh, Jorge Linares. Maybe they were trying to set that up. I don't know. But uh, but I think Mikey Garcia is too much for Linares. I, Linares starts out fast and strong. Um, Mikey Garcia is the real deal, man. This guy... Um, he does it all, and and he comes up. That he's an intelligent fighter. He and his brother come up with a game plan to neutralize any opponent that they have. I I don't think that uh, Linares. I think Mikey Garcia is too big for Linares, even though it's the same weight class. I, I if I'm Linares, I go after someone else, not Mikey Garcia. He says, I just saw the highlights on Parker Fury, and Parker throws wild punches, and he misses a lot. Uh, none of these guys are world champions, but Parker has to face somebody now. It's a thin division full of no talent. Uh, I prefer him to fight uh, Konaki, Konaski or uh, Lucas Brown, I guess. Um, it, is it a weak division? You know, I, Sal, do you think the heavyweight division right now is weak or the guys aren't, the, the guys aren't fighting each other? In, in other words, if you took these, these level fighters, the Huey Furies, uh, uh, the uh, Konaskis, the, the the Lucas Browns, you know, if they fought each other, I think we would have an extremely exciting division. I think the problem here is when you get to the upper level, when you get to the AJs and, and even Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, when you get to that level fighter, they are so far above these other guys that it makes it appear like the division is thin. But if they fought each other, similar to the fight we mentioned before, Jarrell Big Baby Miller against uh, Maurice Wach, uh, you know, these are the kinds of fights that are good for the heavyweight division. These guys should be fighting each other. Parker really shouldn't be a champion. Uh, he does have to face somebody. But uh, Lucas Brown, who also tested positive for uh, steroids, uh, Konaski, I mean, all these guys, Huey Fury, uh, they need to fight each other. I think that they would make some exciting fights. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. It would be title elimination bouts, uh, uh, bragging rights. I definitely think these guys should be mixing up between each other and and see who uh, who rises to the top. I mean, that's it. The, it, it. It seems like it's just a little more dormant and, and, and not the right fights are being made uh, that we could really see the top contenders, the top uh, the world champs and everything else. I mean, we know who the world champs are. Uh, but we, we need to see who else is in the contention of, of, of getting a title shot. Yeah, I, you know. And giving us good entertaining fights. Well, good competitive you, fights. You know, we've always said, Sal, that it, great fighters, which makes them great in addition to their ability, is to have the right dance partners. And, you know, right. dance partners are out there. If we let them get created, so to speak, you know what I mean? And, uh, um, you know, these uh, these other fights, rather than, you know, have them fight slugs and then all of a sudden throw them in with a title shot, if they fought each other, uh, I think it would be more interesting. I, I think the division would uh, benefit from it. Anyway, he says... Well, you're right. You're 100% right. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I have another topic, no, but go ahead. What, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, and, and unfortunately, what you do see is a lot of times these guys not being coddled. Uh, they're not being coddled, but, you know, instead of fighting each other, they're, they're sidestepping and they're fighting a lesser of opponent. You know, they want to be the A side uh, with a B side opponent. Uh uh, when they're still trying to be the A side or working up towards an A side or come in for a title fight as a B B side opponent. You know, the bottom line is they've got to get their experience. They've got to be showcased. They've got to have, uh, uh, they've got to let their talent rise and get to the top. And it's going to be by fighting each other. Who's going to be the best? Well, it's a normal. It's normal to, to rise. I mean, I mean, like you're saying, you know, the Hey, Sal, that's the way boxing used to be. I mean, you used to fight contender it would move up to, and fight the next does. guy in line. And then he would, it's, it's called the ladder theory. You know, you climb the it ladder. It is the ladder. You know, you climb the ladder and then you, you get your way to number one and then you fight the champ. You know, even if you did it in the, in the sanctioning body's own rankings, it, it would work. I know it's diluted and, and too much, but it would work. But the problem they do today is they, they, they have an asterisk. He's fighting the first available top contender, which means there might be a guy that a sanctioning body ranks uh, at number at number one, or let's say there's a number one guy and there's a guy that ranked at number two and they should fight each other and the winner gets to fight the champ. Uh, but number two guy, he's not ready. He's got a... Uh, he just fought, uh, you know, six months earlier, and he needs another eight months to prepare. So he's not ready for the fight, you know. Uh, or another guy is getting a shot at another belt, so he's not ready. And before you get to a guy that's ready, willing, and able, he's number eight. So now you got the number eight guy fighting the number one guy in an elimination bout to fight the champ. I mean, the the political landscape uh, is terrible. Yeah, it is. It is exactly just for that politics and everything else and maneuverability of your fighter to to be leveraged and not uh, not being a fight until he's uh, in for the title true um he says uh hey billy how about looking at this perspective that maybe bivol the bivol people would like to fight a lesser talent to win the title that way the cycle of developing a champion uh it continues I believe Barrera is the third in the ranking and should face Bivol for the vacant title, and that would be a difficult fight. Um, I, I mean, if you're referring to the fact that uh, Bivol uh, is uh, going to fight Broadhurst uh, now instead of uh, uh, fighting uh, uh, Sullivan Barrera, um, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I think that the, the two, especially in a situation where a title is vacant, I think the number one and number two contender should fight for that title. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, what do you think, Sal? Well, I think so, too. I mean, it's just a natural progression, as we were talking about. And that's what they should do, is, 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 is fiddle it down or whittle it down to uh, having the top guys and, and fight it out and have the bragging rights and be leveraged for a title shot. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as far as them... <laughs> picking, progression. I, I don't see why... First of all, uh, typically with with these fighters from overseas, and and I think the World Boxing Super Series really magnifies it. They're not afraid to fight anybody that's put in no, front of them. No, they are not, and, and that's what I love about those guys. Exactly, and I, you know, I don't think that Sullivan Bar Sullivan Barrera is a good fighter, but you know, I don't think he's uh, you know a scary fighter. 
I think Bivol is a scary fighter. I think that's why Bedo Jack, even though I think Bedo Jack is a, is a you know he's borderline top top notch great fighter. I mean, I love what what Jack has done. Uh, you know, uh, brought himself back into the picture and and is just getting better and better. Uh, you know. I, I, I wanted to see that fight. I hold that fight more, the fact that it didn't happen, Bivol against Jack, more from the advisors of, uh, of Badu Jack more than anything. But with that said, I, you know, um, uh, Broadhurst uh, picked, if they're saying that he was picked uh, by uh, uh, Team Bivol for an easier fight, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I honestly don't know the answer to that. He says, I agree with you and Dax that Valdez throws two hard punches and he lacks defense. Ramirez seems to leave his straight hand, uh, leave his straight left handing, handing too much. Uh, sometimes you guys type faster than you got to reread this. He said, leaves his left hand maybe hanging too much. Therefore, it's vulnerable for a counter like Hart was looking for and connected. Uh, Hart just does not throw enough. He threw enough in the second half of that fight, and he was uh, trying to. I think they saw that um, Ramirez was susceptible to the uppercut because he seemed to to go for that uppercut a lot uh, towards the last part of that fight. Um, and there's no doubt that Valdez uh, uh, needs to work on his defense, Sal. I know, I know you didn't get a chance to watch that fight, but um, he was going uh, all out uh, for the knockout. And what was happening was. You know, as he was going, trying to put everything into every punch, he 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 was throwing his punches kind of wide, and um, right. and his opponent Cervania, uh was able to to stand in that pocket and, and try to. The problem was he was getting he was getting hit sometimes, but he was moving his head a little bit, not feeling the full impact of the punch, and able to land a counter punch. That's something I think that Team Valdez has to work on in the gym now. I think that. Uh, well, uh, this uh, this fight should have opened their eyes to some uh, corrections that they have to make. But this goes back to what I've been saying a long time ago. These are corrections that you should be making prior to winning a world title. Once you win a world title, now you shouldn't be in a developmental stage. I, I mean, you always like you said a few weeks ago, you're always learning something in the ring. But something like that seems like it should have been learned a while ago. What do you think? Well, yeah, and and here's what happens. A good trainer and a, and a good fighter being together, they assess that. They say, hey, you look, you opened up, you did this, but your punches are too wide. You got to bring them in because what's going to happen if you throw those wide punches, boom, you're going to get countered. You throw that, boom, you're going to get countered. And they know that. So they'll sometimes they just got to hone in and say, hey, deliver them a little, little closer and not so round, not so this. You can get the power by leverage. Use the, use the torque. Use the trunk. Use your core. You know, it's just reminders. Sometimes... a little bit and you might feel a little comfortable here doing something but you know in the long run you're you could be vulnerable to some other things you're opening up yourself to but uh you know that's what a good trainer pulls you in he hones you in says hey you're throwing too wide keep him close you're gonna get hit you're gonna get countered he's timing you you know those are just things that you should know and those are just things that a good smart fighter will assess the first time he does it. Oh, that punch was a little too wide. He just got counter shot. So, you know, you learn to move with that hand and then deliver that punch a little straighter, a little sharper. So it's it's 
You should know. Yes, by the time you get to a title shot or anything else, you have the arsenal, you have the weapons, you have this and that. Sometimes you just need a trainer to hone it in and bring it back to to where you where you are during a fight. You know, I mean, I was very critical when Andre Berto uh, was uh, was a world champion. And then every time, you know, they, they, they gave him an opponent, a winnable opponent, they said, well, he's still developing. You know, we're still developing. I'm saying, no. you can't use that. Now, whether you're learning new things, whether you're honing your, your craft, yes, that, that keeps coming. But you can't use that we're still developing our fighter. No, after not, they you have, don't use you're still developing your world title fight or contention or, or, or a champion. You're not, you're not still learning. You're there. You're going to guess what? You got the golden ring. Everybody's going to come up and grab it from you. And if you're not ready for them, you shouldn't have to hold on to it. You're not going to hold on to it. Well, I mean, that's that's a big difference with today's sport of boxing, Sal. They're able to, you know, they're yeah. they're able to to, you know, win a title and nothing for nothing. But Gilberto Ramirez and even Oscar Valdez, for, for that example, um, are are two young fighters that have big fan bases that are on the rise, that are fight exciting styles. And when and Joseph Park is another guy. Um, when you look at them and you look at the, the nuts and bolts of, of, of their, you know, of their arsenal, um, they're a little weak. You know, they're, they're not developed. They shouldn't be world, considered world titleists, but they are because we have so many of them. And the pool of fighters are, are, is basically small. Uh, everybody's a champion of sorts. Uh, everybody's got a belt. I can't remember last time a fighter with at least 10 fights came walking out to the ring without holding up a belt. You know, I mean, uh, a belt of some kind. I mean, uh, there's a lot of them, Sal. Well, there's a lot of belts. And, Bill, that's the difference. I mean, in in the era that I fought in, I mean, you it wasn't uh, uncommon for a fighter to have to have had invested 30 40 50 fights before he got a title shot and that's that's a career nowadays i mean basically uh look at it you know the first one to break that barrier was leon spinks after the gold medal and he got a shot at muhammad ali in his seventh pro fight uh that doesn't happen every day either but uh you know like i said um it's it wasn't uncommon for you to to invest 20 30 fights before you would get a title shot uh, because you were honing in, you were learning, you were going through the ranks, and you were climbing the ladder. That's it. Well, you know, it's funny you bring up uh, Spinks and Ali. I'm convinced. I was then, and I am now. I know. That I know that fight that. was really, Ali wanted to be the first heavyweight ever to regain a title three times. And by losing to Spinks, and then beating Spinks, he was able to do that. Um, you know, you could make the argument that Spinks uh, won the gold medal, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I, it was a different boxing world at that time. But, uh, but today, it's even worse. I mean, fighters, um, and you're right, years ago and way before you fought, Years uh, in the 20s and 30s. I mean, you had to have 30, 40 fights before. 30, you, 40 you, fights before you got a title shot. Before you even got considered. You yeah. know, you might not have even earned your way into into number five or above contender ranking until you had 40 fights. I mean, these were guys that were fighting tough, tough, you know, rival fights to get to 40. I mean, that when people talk to me about the boxing game and they ask me, 
you know, what I think of the errors. The reason why I always go back to those errors, and, and I'll be the first to admit that today's fighters are, are physically stronger. Um, they know the right workouts to work specific uh, muscle groups, uh, to, to work the cardio a specific way. They have may, they're way more advanced in nutritional value and what's good and what's not good than the fighters of yesteryear. But the thing about the fighters of yesteryear was I believe that they were stronger mentally. And the fact that they fought so much and the fact that boxing was a trade, um, which is not the case today. Today, uh, most fighters, until you reach that, that superstardom level, are working other jobs. They're training after work. You know, uh, they're going into fights as a supplement. They're not relying on it as, as their main source of income. And that's why they, they bang out some money and get the hell out. You know, you're not seeing these guys stay in the sport. And that's what's hurting the sport of boxing, Sal. Overall, the fact that we don't have boxing people running the sport of boxing is the main problem. We could point fingers at, at the sanctioning bodies like I do. We can point fingers at the networks like I do and the promoters like I do and, and everybody else that we point fingers at. But at the end of the day, you know, if we had more people that were true boxing people, meaning the guy that's an amateur, that fights as an amateur, that turns pro, fights a full career as a pro, then stays in the sport as a trainer, as a gym owner, as a promoter, as somebody, you know, that's in the sport. If we had more of that, Sal, this sport would be in a totally different place. And that's despite a fantastic, probably in the last 10, 15 years, 2017 has been one of the best years for the sport of boxing that I can recall in recent memory. But even with that said, if we had more boxing people running the sport and involved in the sport of boxing, could you imagine how great it would be? Oh, Bill, it would be great. And, you know, it, in the generation and the era that I fought in, you had that. You had... You know, I remember all the great fighters that became trainers, and uh, and they shared and they passed on. And I said this before on this show, maybe too many times, but how many times when when a Johnny Torres would show me something, or an Ali Stoltz who fought for the title, Bo Jack, he fought Bob Montgomery, when he would share something, or even Freddie Brown would sometimes show me something, uh, or any one of these great old fighters, and and they'd say, "Do me a favor, Sal, when you're in a position to." share it and pass it on to another fighter. That's what they all said. When I would thank even Don Turner for showing me that, hey, Don, that's great. I love the way that it works. Thanks for showing that to me. Or whatever. You know, it'd be like, Sal, just pass it on. Just pass it on. That's what they had anticipated, that boxers and fighters stayed in the game so they could share with other young fighters inspired by them or so. And, and it was a great thing. You know, even Rocky Graziano would would show me uh, something once or twice a year when he would throw a right hand, how he would come in. And, and I'd say, thanks, Rock, thanks. And he'd say, just share, pass it on, pass it on. You know, because these guys understood. They understood the culture of boxing. They understood the fraternity of boxing. They understood how we used to stay involved in the sport of boxing. When you retired, you became a, a, a trainer, a manager, a promoter. You are a, a ring guy, a gym owner. You stayed in the game. Today, it's not like that because 
you know, first of all, the money and, and everything else is, is not there for you. I couldn't afford to hang around and stay in boxing to be a trainer. Um, uh, I, you know, I had too many bills, too many other things that, that I had to get into business and do other things. Well, sure, would I love to show a fighter how to train and do it? I think I'd be a great trainer. I think I have a great, great world of knowledge that I could share and pass on. And right now I'm trying to do it with my son, you know, who wants to fight. So, you know, it, it's just hard. It's hard to, to keep people in the game the way that they did 30, 40 years ago. No doubt. I, my point is, is if, if we did have it, it would It'd be, be uh, great. And, and, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking, that's the way it was way before your time. But uh, anyway, hey, just to give you guys an update uh, as we wrap it up here, I, I was going to take a break, but I, I'm not. Um, the Javante Tank Davis situation uh, I have not heard anything new, but just to get you caught up, um, what apparently has happened is an incident took place on August 1st. Allegedly, Javante Davis uh, assaulted uh, a guy that was watching some fights in a gym, and it was all caught on tape, and um, they, uh, they, wanted a, they issued a warrant for him, and they did not execute it until Tuesday when he was arrested uh, last Tuesday, when he was arrested and, uh, um, you know, uh, taken into custody. Um, he uh, They set bail at $100,000. Tank Davis posted the, the bond, and he was released. Um, they do have a preliminary hearing set. It is set for October 19th, uh, which is uh, several weeks from now. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on that as we hear it. But uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, Javante Davis gets his act together uh, because uh, it would be a sad thing uh, to see this guy, uh, um, you know, uh, waste his talent away or not take uh, what he's got cooking right now uh, seriously because he is uh, a, uh, a good fighter, and I, and I hope he gets his act together. But uh, anyway, on this day, September 26th in boxing history, in 1970, Kenny Buchanan wins a 15-round decision over Ismail Laguna uh, to win the world lightweight title. That took place in San Juan, Puerto Rico wow. on this day in 1970. On this day in 1986, Edwin Rosario, Hall of Famer, knocks out Livingstone Bramble in the second round to win the uh, WBA lightweight title. It took place in Miami. On this day in 1898, Sal Rocky Senecola makes his pro debut. Oh, no, 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 that's a different one. On this day in 1898, <laughs> Dave Sullivan knocks out Solly Smith in the sixth round to win the world featherweight title, and that took place in Brooklyn. <clears throat> Excuse me. On this day in 1964, Vincent Salvador knocks out Sugar Ramos in the 12th round to win the world featherweight title. It took place in Mexico City. On this day in 1981, Juan Herrera knocks out Luis Abara in the 11th round to win the WBA World Flyweight title, and that took place in Mexico. And finally, on this day, September 26th in 1894, Bob Fitzsimmons knocks out Dan Creedon in the second round to retain his world middleweight title, and that took place in New Orleans. I say middleweight title because a lot of people forget that Bob Fitzsimmons was a great middleweight. They look at him as a heavyweight champion, and until Roy Jones did it, 
uh, Bob Fitzsimmons was the only guy that won a uh, middleweight title, uh, then won a light heavyweight title, won the heavyweight title, and then went back and won a world light heavyweight title again. Uh, Bob Fitzsimmons, uh, regarded by many as one of the best pound-for-pound uh, -pound fighters uh, of all time, and wow. uh, was quite the uh, quite the character. So was his wife. His wife was always uh, yelling and screaming ringside. A lot of times they, they had to try to remove her. That's how vocal she was. We all thought that, um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Carl Frotch's hot little wife, uh, uh, Rachel, was, uh, was noisy ringside. Uh, she had nothing on Bob Fitzsimmons' wife. But uh, anyway, wow. hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Keep in mind, we uh, most likely... And I'll know for sure tomorrow, and I apologize, but we most likely will not be doing live shows on Thursday or Friday. We are updating the system here, um, which is uh, always benefiting you guys, the viewers and listeners. So hang, uh, hang with us. We decided to pick this week because it is kind of a slow week uh, in boxing. But next week's going to pick up in the week after and the week after that. Actually, we got a strong run uh, beginning in October all the way through uh, the middle of November. Uh, and then there's even uh, a big fight schedule for the first week in December. So we got a strong finish to a great year already in the sport of boxing. So uh, if we don't do this now, we probably would have to wait until after the first of the year, which is also an option. But uh, anyway, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Dun 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 d